song. This is my metronome song. My metronome song. <laughs> we were looking for what the fuck I was going to sing walking into this motherfucker. And there song. it is. I know. My, uh, my little thing that I was going to say at the beginning. Completely went to hell in a handbasket. We were having organic conversation. <laughs> And I was like, we're just going to cut right into it. Fuck, the goddamn metronome's back again. Which you guys can't hear, so I don't know why I bother addressing it every fucking week. <sighs> Welcome to the Nightmare Box. Presenting. Mistakes were made. The conversational episode, not the two-star episode. Uh, my name is Brett Bloom, and I sit here with the beautiful, the gorgeous, the effervescent, the angelic Aww. Kristen Pennington. I'm going to try to add it. I'm not going to ever remember all of them. Imagine if I got up to 16 things. It's really sweet, though. I know. I'm fucking beautiful. And uh, we have no show notes. No. Uh, I've been drinking for roughly an hour and a half. I think I'm more drunk than you are, though. (laughs) It's a problem. Mom came over. We did dinner. Uh, Normally, we record these at like 4 in the afternoon and then go cook. But uh, it's been a very, very, very busy day. It's Memorial Day today. It is not Memorial Day when you listen to this, but it is Memorial Day today. Um, and my mom is in town, so we, we ran around with her. We got a brunch, and then um, my watch died, and I thought we had a lot more time to get all our shopping done, and we had to sprint through Walmart so that we could make it to a, a memorial service over at the battlefield, because Murfreesboro, Tennessee, if you don't live here is uh, the place of the Stones River um, battle during the Civil War, and there's a big uh, national cemetery here in town. It's also uh, Trail of Tears adjacent, which is, it's a weird part of town to be in, to think like all those people died. And, oh fuck, Trail of Tears was before, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. So all these people died in an area where the Trail of Tears had directly walked down what is now a highway that you, you know you, you read all these signs and like they stopped at overall creek and then like you're driving out of there and you're like there's overall creek and that's where they buried that one kid it is interesting though that there's specifically a buddhist temple on the same road further down it is a really interesting uh change right mm-hmm. like we went to the memorial service and you're there and you're thinking about you know the Union and the Confederacy and the time that the whole country kind of fell apart and it's a memorial type thing for the troops so it's somber in tone there's a 21 gun salute it's very quiet and then we drive down the road and they're doing a completely different thing over at the Buddhist temple like they got all these colors they got big colorful floats mm-hmm. there's probably 300 fucking people hanging out at this temple and everybody's smiling and dancing around so that was cool we should have stopped in, but we had absolutely no time on no. It's been a very busy day. We God, should go back sometime, though. We should. We got Jax out of his boot. We did. So I don't know if that's been formally addressed on here. He busted his toenail. He keeps busting his toenails. Had to wrap his foot for a while. Yeah. So he's out of his shoe. We're hoping he stays out of his shoe. Jackass has passed out over there. We are losing steam early. No, we haven't even got into it yet. I'm sorry. I'm still a little manic. All right, go. And then we we came home and got our cleaning done. Uh-huh. So 
we got all of our usual stuff done and then immediately had to go into cooking dinner. Yeah, cook dinner for mom. And uh, Kristen got to meet mom, so she now understands. I've met uh, your mom before. Well, like not like... Spend like actual quality time yeah, with her. Yeah, like, this the was the first time. time where it's just been the three of us and we were cooking her dinner. So like she got to talk with everybody have like a family sit down kind of thing um we didn't have enough furniture because uh <laughs> this this set started out with four tables or four chairs and uh we have one chair we got one of the original chairs <laughs> and so my uh my office desk we have to roll in here to eat dinner and Kristen brought out her makeup like leopard print well it's the desk for or it's the chair for my office desk oh too. yeah it, it has no back on it it's just like <laughs> it's just a bench seat <laughs> And so we got three different kinds of chairs <laughs> pulled up around. One of the most beautiful meals we've ever plated. It, mm-hmm. it came out really well. Chicken bruschetta. Chicken bruschetta. <laughs> you were telling me about it last night, and I was like, "What's a bruschetta?" Like, <laughs> I don't know what that word means. I don't know if that's a pasta. <laughs> I still don't know what it means, and I just got done eating it. It's the the topping, like the tomato and the basil, and like all the seasonings that went into that. That's a bruschetta. Huh. So the, the topping you put on it is why it's called that. Fucking French people. Because <laughs> <laughs> they make bruschetta bread. Like, that's a, a thing that they eat. They put that same tomato topping on bread hmm. and eat the bread. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we should have written something down. We should the, <laughs> the point is, though, we've had a very busy day, and because we had dinner first instead of podcasting first, we're now a few drinks in. So, uh, uh, tune out if this isn't entertaining to you, or pour yourself a beer and, and settle <laughs> in. Um, what is going on this week? Finished uh, The New Evil. You did. Um, which I'm going to have to write a review for and put up on Amazon so that uh, the co-author will leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> He's joking. so excited about the He's fact that you're reading excited. it. I, I, He's so I'm excited. excited for him. Like, that's a great PR move, though. You know, like I, I, I'm definitely learning something from that guy. I feel like, like you would be the same way, though. If people were regularly posting yeah. about your own work, you'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, man, super excited you're reading it." Let me know. Send me pictures. <laughs> um, but the, like for what it is, though, like it's not like a like a fiction book where you're trying to build a, a like. Th- the people that are into what the new evil is, it's a very niche group. I feel like that's probably why he's so excited. Yeah, it's like Brett's not reading this for a college paper. Brett is reading every word of like a 500-page goddamn tome on serial sexual homicide, school shootings, rape. Like, I would be very <laughs> curious to know how well either of those books did sell-wise because that is a bit of a niche audience. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's the people that are into it. That's one thing. But it's easier to sell like a true crime novel, I feel. Like if I wanted to sell, um, they're all going to run immediately out of my head. But if I wanted to sell like Helter Skelter to you, and it was like, well, here's the pitch. We're going to cover the murders. We're going to cover the trial. And then you're out of there. And then you make your own conclusions. But this is a criminal psychology book. So it's saying, here are some of the most fucked up things you're ever going to hear. And where they land on a scale of 22 versions of evil. It's like the whole premise of the book, right? Which I'm sorry if we've covered this, but I can't remember. But I think we've talked about it in passing, but not in depth. Is that like there's 
very rarely an evil person, right? Like there's evil situations. So if person A and person B are in a relationship, person C steps in, takes person B, person A comes home, finds B and C in bed together, kills person B, that person's not evil. Crime of passion. That is a crime of passion. However, <laughs> there are, you know, people on the other end of the scale who will kill in much more personal, torturous ways that I don't want to get into. <laughs> like, like, on this show, go read it your fucking self. But, like, filleting people, torturing them for prolonged periods of time, really getting an enjoyment out of the memory of it. Uh, like, Bundy having... Uh, basically a garden of bodies that he could go to to defile like that's what makes a person an evil person but um no it's it, it's crazy interesting but it's a lot to like wrap your head around once you finish it so i've uh, i've got my my light-hearted reading before we, <laughs> wait, wait before we get into that do you remember how you found the first book what was the first book called anatomy of evil and how did you find it I was writing um, that paper over the summer about Ed Gein, and I, I needed the psychology perspective because the premise of the paper was like connecting um, Ed Gein, the serial killer, big quotes, because he doesn't technically fit the definition, um, and Norman Bates of Psycho, um, because that's Ed Gein was the inspiration for the novel about the novel Psycho that you, you know what I mean and <laughs> god damn it okay so you stumbled it across it while you were looking yeah, for resources I was, I was trying to explain the connection I was like I, it took me 20 some odd pages <laughs> to explain it the first time I'm not diving into it right now. <laughs> but it was about the concept of um, the insanity defense in our legal system and so I needed some sort of like person who really understood the most fucked up parts of our society. Because, right, Ted Bundy would not be found insane. He killed 36 women and had sex with their corpses. <laughs> so what is insanity? Yeah. It was kind of like the, the arcing question of the paper. And uh, so I found anatomy because I needed somebody to go there's fucked up shit and we're not even going to get into like military fucked up shit like we're not going to run down the road of like the Mylai massacre or anything yeah. like that which is evil but it's evil in a combat zone which is different evil than evil in peacetime at home where you wind up with the BTKs or you wind up with our current mess of uh, school shootings um, it New Evil talked about like how the internet has influenced crime. So they brought up um, the German guy that we talked about last time with the CIA. <laughs> Weiss. Weiss. I like that you remember his name. Like that story stuck with you and you didn't have to read about it. You just heard about it. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's pretty no. We gotta get, we, that's what we gotta get. We gotta get merch. Uh, just fucked up merch. Uh, 
like quotes recipe. from our podcast. Yeah, a recipe of pansy dick. Jax, you don't have a shoe on. You can walk on that foot. You see? You He's moron. You dippy dumbass. I just want love and affection and sympathy so he can have the middle oh. snuggles tonight. He's well, forever. Quit losing toes. <laughs> forever Dude. trying to live the life where he gets the middle of the bed so he gets <laughs> snuggles on both sides. He's like, I'm only going to bring myself pain so he I can be like... closer to my father. And he smells like apricots. This podcast is all over the goddamn place. <laughs> You're light reading, though. It's a realist, Beckin. You're light reading. We should have written down, like, five things. This is fucking haywire. Um, We're going to end up releasing the unreleased previous drunk episode <laughs> just to make up for this. Shit. Um, so my light reading is Timothy Denevi's Freak Kingdom, which uh, I... I think we talked about once before. Yeah, you read a chapter yeah. to me while we were in Hunter that. S. Thompson's Manic 10-Year Crusade Against American Fascism. I'm maybe on the 30th page. I've, I've sat outside last night. I was just enthralled with this book. You sold it to your mom, literally, yeah. just by yeah. her reading the parts you highlighted. Yeah, pitched it to mom, and I was like, here, we're prepping. You just sit here and read this, <laughs> and we'll discuss. And now it, it's fucking, it's awesome. I goddamn love Hunter. <laughs> I talked to you about that for about five hours last night. <laughs> we were up one in the morning <laughs> talking about Hunter S. Thompson and then watching an interview. Yeah. I was like, no, you don't understand. He joined a motorcycle gang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's an interesting fellow. No, for but, sure. Yeah, no, one of the greatest. That, that's just doesn't get the respect that he deserves like from like the scholarly type you know but they don't teach hunter thompson in any of the classes i was in they're like no you're you're gonna read shakespeare motherfucking shakespeare which Here's, we have an episode about yeah. that you can learn all about why we hate shakespeare yeah they make you read heart of darkness until that's all you are is just a heart of darkness like you just <laughs> I can't count you. I can't count you. can't tell you how many times <laughs> I read that, that one, too. Fucking Conrad, go eat a dick. <sighs> but yeah, no, I went to a journalism class, and in journalism class, they don't even teach you about You had a times. journalism class? Yeah. Really? I took every writing class that MTSU had to offer because I had a major and a minor in writing, and they only have so many writing classes. So I think I sat through every single one of them. It, I'm, I might be the best writer that has ever come out of MTSU. Like, <laughs> that is dedication. They stopped teaching me chemistry after intro to chemistry, biology after intro to biology, and everything else was just writing and reading and writing and reading. So. I admire that, though, because I um, like the fact that you did a major and a minor in writing because I, for a brief moment, double minored and uh theater and writing and then realized the minor in writing was too much to handle <laughs> on top of my major and my other minor and dropped my writing minor yeah no for the entire time it was like you have three papers due this week and next week you're gonna have three papers due but that's actually how we met i don't know if i've ever told you that or not like we the only reason i took the second you telling me how we met no <laughs> That's actually how we met. I know that it's all just a blur in your mind. I don't mean it like that, but like I, because I, um, the they have these things called catalogs that you have to like 
meet all the requirements of to be able to graduate. So yeah. the the catalog for my major that I was under, and also my minor, um, only required that I took one screenwriting class. I wasn't required to take the second screenwriting class, and because I was briefly for a second there double minoring, which was like this weird like impulse decision I made one semester like I was halfway through college and I was only doing the one minor and then I was like I think I'm in a double minor <laughs> and then like I very briefly was like double minor I didn't even know that one. was an option yeah you didn't have two minors um I think it I think you have to have certain requirements though because like the theater minor had very low you can have um, zero minors in some states yeah well in some degrees even at MTSU that was a pedophile oh <laughs> absolutely no <nowhere. laughs> it's true well, some degrees you don't have to have a minor for <laughs> sorry some states that went over my head oh. Tennessee it's 13 oh. years old oh <laughs> oh my god but um I had to come out of the backfield <laughs> I've not talked about child rape yet. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, I was very briefly, it only lasted like two semesters, maybe at most, double minoring. And that was the only reason we had a class together because I was double minoring and the second minor was writing. And then I ended up dropping that minor after that because I was like, I don't want to take these other writing classes. <laughs> I did screenwriting too and fiction writing. And then it was like, you got to learn how to write poetry and all this other stuff. And I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> No, I spent my last, like, two years at that school, like, with the exception of the screenwriting stuff, was all inside Peck Hall. And I, that last semester, everything was in Peck Hall. <laughs> you know, for those of you who are unfamiliar with MTSU, uh, Peck Hall is the English building, and it's uh, three, four stories tall. Like, the bottom story doesn't have any classrooms, just stairwells. Yeah. So it's four stories tall, but it's three stories of classrooms. It's a square, and it doesn't make sense. I can't believe all they... of the classrooms. When you walk out, if I remember correctly, all of the classrooms are on the outer walls and go to the right. So like three o one, three o two, like as you go to the right. Yeah. And then the inside of the hallway are the offices, and they run in an opposite direction. So you're trying to find the classrooms. And the, the corners of the building are all color-coded. So, like, you're like, we're on the green hallway. And you're like, okay, we'll just find green hallway. But then when you're trying to find the office, it's like you walk through the portal of hell <laughs> trying to figure out where your professors are. <laughs> I was going to say, because um, I had a couple of classes in Peck, like, there's one area when you come out of Peck where there's, like, this uh, horseshoe statue because... Yeah. Or the Blue Raiders, and for whatever reason, the mascot is a horse. Yeah, I don't or think Pegasus. Raiders rode very many horses. Or something. Yeah, I so there's a ships. <laughs> but it's a state school. So. There's <laughs> one section of that building where there's like kind of a monument that kind of gives you some sort of bearing, but other than that, it's not, the building isn't set in a particularly unique area of campus. So it's almost like a maze. Like you come out and you have no idea where you are. So the saving grace of this and building. The buildings on both sides, like except for that horseshoe, but the opposite, like uh, the, the other two sides of mm -hmm. that. Uh, I guess the adjacent <laughs> is the right word. They face the art building and then some, like, I don't ever know what the happened in that other the one. Old building? No, the KOM's over here. Oh. Yeah, so the, the art building's, like, north, and then this other building is south. 
and uh, they look exactly yeah. alike. So this, this building is literally, because it's just a square building, every single hallway looks the exact same, and when you come outside, everything that you're looking at kind of looks the same, unless you can find this horseshoe. Yeah. So it's literally like a maze, and the only saving grace of this building is that the halls are color-coordinated, <laughs> and then in your senior semester... They got rid of the fucking color they coordination. They repainted them. They, 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 they like, <laughs> went up there, and all of a sudden, the only way that I knew how to get to class was I could walk up this particular stairwell. I turn right. If I see green, I'm good. And then I walked out one day, or uh, walked up one day, and I was running late, and when I got to the top of the stairwell, it was all gunship gray. Like, the entire building was just gray. You said they and painted I, the corners. Yeah, they painted the corners. But you so, don't know what hall you're in. Yeah, the <laughs> color. the corner. If you're not looking at the numbers, you don't know what floor you're on. <laughs> because the bottom floor isn't numbered. So you get up and it's 101 is the second floor of the building. So if you're not paying attention, like if you're you know, like in a rush or you're distracted looking at your phone, you might never find where you're going. <laughs> the building has always been so bizarre to me. And we'd get people in there that are not English majors or they're, you know, like it's not even the freshmen. Like the freshmen figure it out if they're English people because they spend a lot of time in there. But like you'd wind up with seniors who hadn't been in Peck Hall since like their introductory English classes. Yeah. <clears throat> Some of these fucking people are like in their thirties and they're running around like fucking lost kindergartners. <laughs> so, do you know who Professor So and So is? And I was like, well, the office or the classroom that they're currently residing in, because uh, those are two different situations. And some of the offices were on the classroom side, and those were uh, labeled like the inside offices as opposed to labeled like the classroom. So, like, Office 515 would, like, be between, like, 305 and 306. <laughs> and so you'd be running around trying to find 515 or whatever it was in the inner part of the goddamn square. <laughs> and it would be in one of the... You'd walk past... I, I lost Dr. Donovan for three months. A whole semester. He was like, why have you not come to my office? And I was like, because it exists out in the goddamn Bermuda Triangle. So time loops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your office like the way of your hairline. I don't know where the fuck it's at right now, dog. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> this building doesn't make any goddamn sense. But it's the safest you're ever going to feel because, like, in an era of school shootings, you're like, the shooter's never going to be able. Like, I can hide anywhere in Hall. It's a square, but it doesn't make sense. But it and all looks the exact same. All the classrooms. Like, it's yeah. like... A labyrinth you can never yeah. escape. It's all gray. <laughs> the doors have got those little like prison bars in them, so you can't punch through the glass without fucking really? your head. The wire, yeah, they got the, the, the. It's it's the craziest building. It just drives you insane. And then like they put you in there for hours and hours and hours of the day, walking around the hallway, never knowing where you are. And then they're like, write stories. And then they're like, why are all of our stories about suicide? And it's like, why isn't this building prettier? <laughs> why is this science building basically made out of glass? And we're over here in a big, like, like it, it's it's like a Kafka novel. <laughs> and the classrooms are kind of strange, too. Like, my fiction writing class was, like, almost, like, it felt like we were in a conference room. There was one 
giant wooden table yeah. that took up the entire room, and then there were just chairs around the table. Some of them are recliners. Like, is the first day I walked into it, I thought I walked into a teacher's office yeah. or something. I was like, this is not a classroom. Some of the rooms, they look like uh, bail bondsmen's. <laughs> <laughs> Like a, like a cheap lawyer where it's like, like a fucking like plywood bookshelf and it's like filled with law degrees and it's like who is the lawyer like, whose office are you just borrowing for this classroom dude? Like, see all of my classes for the most part were in the media building and we had these big skylight windows at the top of the building and it was much more welcoming there was a a little, you guys got uh, like a bridge, like a pedestrian bridge that comes like over the top yeah. of people like eating sandwiches and smiling at each yeah, other. There's a little like shop you can buy food and drinks at, <laughs> which you guys had that too, but we it did. was on the first floor, yeah. which is not actually part of the, the first floor of Peck Hall is all open. It, yeah, like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's not actually a spot it's you can go into. just a concrete pad. When it pisses down rain, you've you got nowhere to hide. Yeah. You're just getting goddamn soaked. <laughs> we had like tables and chairs and places yeah. you could sit down. It's like, whose idea was it to build four towers <laughs> in the middle of this goddamn school? <laughs> Why would you do that? How is this not falling down by now? It was made in the 70s, so like none of the bathrooms were. Where there were these um, bathroom sinks where you had to twist the thing, but it was on a spring, so it would immediately retract. So the second oh, no. that you turned it, if you let it go to wash your hands, it would just cut off. Oh, no. And like you're like, I guess I'll just wash one of my hands and then wash the other one of my hands. Oh, no. Because, like... I don't know whose idea, but it was like only in one bathroom in the entire building. So you just like they they remodeled the rest of the building and neglected this one like sink from 1975. And it was like, what the fuck is going on? That's hilarious. I need to look and see if anybody's killed themselves inside Pet Call. Because if not, it would be a miracle. Aww. I'm not advocating it. Don't do that. They, they, they finally put in some, like, Art Deco shit. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like, they've got stuff, like, on the ground floor, which are, like, art pieces that students can sit on. And they've added a whole bunch of chairs and stuff. So, so I always thought, I think we've maybe talked about that in passing before on the podcast. I've always thought that was bizarre that they had you guys so secluded because I feel like... MTSU prides itself a bit more on its media aspect in particular, but it's a school that prides itself on its arts programs in general. It's not yeah. the school you go to if you're trying to be a doctor, well, you know? Art, the art building is named after Al Gore. <laughs> is it? I, I believe so. It yeah. might not be the art building. It might be the building next to the art building. But the Al Gore went to the school. I didn't and know his that. name is... I, I, I might be pulling this entire... Do you have your phone on you? No, it's yeah. on charge. We're getting a producer. We got this extra chair. If you're interested, if you need a fucking job. If you need job, me to yell at you to pull that up. Yeah, no. I've got a laptop. You just got to kind of sit here <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, deal with us. But no, I've always thought that was bizarre that, like, you and I were literally situated on the exact opposite ends of campus. They had, like, the nursing building and, like, all the the building where you literally went to go get food like literally everything on yeah. campus was like in between those two buildings and like peck is like next to the kom which i don't know if it has a major i think it's just a place where rats go to die like i, don't I only know. had one class ever there i don't, I, don't I, really I had know. to go there um 
I can't remember her name, which is good, or I cuss her out right now, but I had this fucking Spanish lady for the first two years that was trying to teach me Spanish, and I took four, and I don't know Spanish, so <laughs> I'm not good at it. Uh, God bless my Spanish group for fucking pulling me through that kind of awful <laughs> experience, but... Uh, the KOM is like this old, old building. It's probably about as old as Peck. It gets flooded every time. It's it actually rains. the oldest building on campus. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, sunk down. It's so old. The foundation. Yeah, that's what beneath. I was getting ready to say. Sorry. <laughs> it's sunk down, so like the whole building is like on a forty-five degree tilt. <laughs> like, like the, the first the floor is actually the basement of the building because yeah. the building has sunk into the earth and, over the years. And so I'm. I'm having to take the Spanish test with this bitch of a teacher who didn't like me from day one. I wound up with her for like ever. We fucking we knew each other like she was like inviting us over to the house we'd known this lady for so goddamn long and she hated me from the day one. So I'm supposed to go over and there's a 150 question oral test that she's supposed to give me in the office. I can't bring any notes and I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> So I go into the room, and uh, her office is in the basement of the KOM. So it's which is technically the first first floor. floor. And what I would suspect in 1976, (laughs) when that was on the ground floor, I would suspect it was a broom closet for the janitor. Like her desk and her fit in there, and nobody else did. I had to stand up, pick the chair up, put it over the top of her head to close the door so that I could put the chair behind the door. Somebody tried to open the chair hit, or open the door, hit both of us. It was a fucking very small closet. And I have this hyper-aggressive, like, Puerto Rican woman who just says, why don't you know the answers? And I was like, I don't know any of the answers. <laughs> why don't you keep asking me questions and tell me when I've got enough right that I can just leave? <laughs> the last time we did it, I got the first 20 correct, and she goes, we're going to play Law of Averages. You're good to go. <laughs> I think I missed, like, fucking 15 of the first 20. Oh, no. And she was like, by this percentage, if I were to get consistent 5 out of 20, you, you know, kind oh, of no. pass you know, with the curve. <laughs> Why did you have to take so much Spanish? They kept saying it was going to help my writing. That's and I was bizarre. like, listen, like, if... Uh, If I reach a point where I need to write in Spanish, I think I've reached a point where I can hire a translator who knows what the fuck they're doing. This is not helping me any more than learning history of the English language helped me. (laughs) Like, I literally didn't take any foreign language in college at all. Like, I only ever took it in high school. Like, it's bizarre to me that you had to take that much foreign language. Yeah, four semesters. Because you weren't an English major, you were a writing major. Yeah. Right? So... That's crazy. Yeah, they were like, you need this. And I was like, I don't. They're like, it's gonna help out. And I was like, it's not. And it didn't. Like, they, like, my last Spanish professor was like this ex army guy, and I fucking loved him to death. <laughs> he was brilliant. And um, he knew that I didn't give a shit, but that I was actively trying because I really liked this guy. And I was like, I don't want the same relationship that I had with that crazy bitch with this dude. Like, I need to know. For a fact, you know, like I, that I can't do this. And I remember at one point, like halfway through the semester, he just goes, Brett, 
I know that you're not good at this. Like, like he was like Aww. flat out like, trust me, dude. I know you're trying because you've not missed a class Aww. and you've turned in all of the work, but you are incapable <laughs> of learning a second language. Aww. I was just like, well, fuck it. Because you know? I took it in college, but I took it all through high school as well. So like, I've probably got six, six years. years of people trying to tell me how to speak Spanish. Aww. And you didn't know Bruja was witch. Yeah, no, I didn't know Bruja was witch. I don't know what K-Pasa means. I have no <laughs> fucking idea. <laughs> you know, Rojo means red, Ola means hello, and then it fucking goes haywire. I know Chinga Tu Madre. Chinga Tu Madres, go fuck your mother, which is my favorite thing to say in English. <laughs> and he, like the, the last professor I had in there, is that he taught me chinga to madre and then i had to write skits so i would write the skits in english and then my spanish group would like help translate everything over and then i would walk in there with a piece of paper and just read it directly because there's no way i was going to remember it in both languages <laughs> and in every single one of them i told uh either alexa or Brittany that they should just run off and go fuck their mother like <laughs> so it was always like we're going to the grocery store conversation about tomatoes conversation about the bread over there conversation about having too many drinks last night and brett you need to get your shit together conversation about how alexa needs to stop eating so many goddamn snickers before diabetes takes a toast Aww. Aww. <laughs> these fucking crazy goddamn stories <laughs> every single one of them i was like chinga to madre <laughs> Like I did, I, I had no idea what I was doing. He was like, "Brett's got bigger fish to fry here." <laughs> oh. He's like, it's like, look, I know you need this for your degree. Get the fuck out of my classroom." <laughs> See, that cracks me up because you were, uh, yeah, having to deal with all that. And I was hanging out in the ghetto filming documentaries. <laughs> Which is all I wanted to do. <laughs> I was like, I, I remember like actively texting you like, I might die today. Like, that's possible. <laughs> like, I don't We're know. like up in the ghetto. Yeah, I had that teacher as well, which we learned after the fact. The guy who was driving. I think it's there. two different teachers, you actually. So? Because I had this conversation with someone else and that person had a teacher who had the same name, but it was strictly an English teacher. So I think it is two different people. Yeah. But yeah. Don't want to get, I don't want to burn any No, we're not going to say any names. I've got ones that I'll praise all day. Dr. Arroyo is my best friend, and you guys should all go buy we his book. We potentially saw him recently. I, we did, I believe. It's a mystery. I need to sneak in his office and poke around and be like, <laughs> we do it best by the other day. <laughs> say hi to me. <laughs> it's uh, Fred Arroyo's, uh, I believe it's called Western Avenue. You should go check that out. Uh, he's He's an incredible dude, and he's an incredible writer, and uh, he writes uh, flash fictions and short stories, just about anything, but uh, he's the perfect teacher that I needed, I think, for the end of college, where it's like, this place is wearing me out, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore, and then you meet a guy who, like, in his 40s or 50s, however old he is, he, um, 
still has that energy in him. He's just sick of teaching it to other people, so like he's kind of pissed off. Like he's me. Lays <laughs> off his glasses. <laughs> yeah, like he'd be talking to you. Like he, 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 I never, I saw him flip out a couple of times, hardcore. But it always started with like he, he, he was trying to collect himself, and then his glasses would come off really slow, and then he would just toss them on the desk. And it would just <laughs> cradle his head in his hands and just sit there and go, "I would strangle you." If I was twenty years younger, <laughs> but I'm working on myself. And like, if you won him over again, like if you were no longer pissing him off, he'd put his glasses on, and then if you pissed him off, he'd come up like his glasses were the thing. And then I called him out for it one time in class, and he stopped doing the glasses thing, and he uh, he bought a uh, like a beaded bracelet that oh, went around no. his wrist. You didn't tell me that. I didn't tell you no. that. It was like like wooden beads or uh, just, jade beads or whatever it was and it, that became his thing for a little while <laughs> and then uh, early into the last semester because I had him for a whole year I, I, I got him for a semester and I was like he is going to teach me flash fiction I need <laughs> to be around this fucking dude and um, he uh, yeah he, he started off the class with this thing and like two weeks into the class he lost his temper on somebody <laughs> in the room and he held a couple of us back and was like, was I a little bit too harsh back there? And I was like, no, I knew you were getting stressed. He's like, how'd you know I was getting stressed? And I was like, well, you stop throwing your glasses, but you can't quit fucking with that bracelet. And, you <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. and he just looked at me like, who the fuck notices that? <laughs> and then he stopped fucking wearing the bracelet. Oh, more dramatic like it's more effective well, it's a little more controlled because there was there's levels right to mm -hmm. drop in one's glasses like you pull them off slow like that hitler video and you got shaky hands <laughs> and like you just get you know, or you can like pull them off cool and talk with them in your hands and you can be expressive and this is still very passionate you know like swinging hands with your glasses and or you can pull them off and fold them and put them down <laughs> and that's like that meme you know like <gasps> you know <laughs> you can pull them off and fling them down no I learned a lot from that guy and he's, <laughs> he's fucking awesome I, I buy his book support my professor he's uh he gave me a copy for free and it's it, it is fantastic I forgot that he did that that was yeah, really cool signed it for me and everything we chatted for like an hour you know I, I froze up like a shithead because I I didn't know what to say because I'm uncomfortable with emotions. I just wanted to <laughs> hug him and be like, you're awesome, but I couldn't do it. Aww. Uh, I just need a hug. <laughs> so who was, you had a professor as Bowen. well. I'm, I'm going to do the refills and you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a professor Bowen was probably my favorite. I had a lot of really cool teachers, but uh, Bowen was probably my favorite. I had him. I want to say for two full years. I had him for several classes because he was like one of the main um, film teachers. Yeah, I had him for a long time. He was my single cam two, my uh, movie making, my film studies, and then also my independent study teacher. I had him a lot. Holy yeah, I had him for a lot of classes. Like after single cam two, I was like, I need to. Uh, like keep having classes with this guy because he's yeah. like one of the few teachers that like really cared. So, um, I don't. 
I don't think he had any interesting tics like pulling off his glasses when he got upset, but he was definitely one of those teachers that was like, if you don't want to be here, get the fuck out, you know? Well, I think you notice things like that in a writing classroom when the dude who's teaching the class is like, you got to look at life like picture was just taken what are the odd details nobody else notices and so when he's the one telling you that I can't help because of my security background to go what are his odd details <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I mean I, I think that's nice when you have these teachers that like actually legitimately enjoy what they do and care about like passing on their knowledge and stuff because yeah I don't think um, like Faith and Allie too mm-hmm, for sure Faith and Allie are definitely up there with my favorites and I had a couple other ones but I think when you're new to it and you're still kind of just dis- like discovering who you are in your art like it's easy to uh get discouraged and to have someone that like pushes you and is like no like figure it out like go get it done especially when like so many of the professors and this is a direct swing on so many of them but I'm not going to name any of them (laughs) are people who it used to be the dream and now it's just a job and they don't like teaching it like (laughs) it's like I know that I lord above you and I know that you're too stupid to be as great as I, but I no longer have the passion to create the art, you know. But if you find a professor like Bowen or Arroyo, Faith and Alley, where it's like this is what they are actively doing mm-hmm. and they want you to be a part of it, they want to involve you in whatever it is, it doesn't feel um, as much like a person lording over you teaching you something with an iron fist as it does this is another creative person who respects who we are as creative people and it's just like hey dude I'm doing something cool and uh, you could also do something really cool <laughs> well also not even just like teachers who have like that ego so they they mm-hmm. act like they're superior to you I've had which I don't know if that's relevant to um, like your writing degree like I, I know like media is forever rapidly changing so literally the camera that I bought that I was super proud of buying is probably irrelevant now like media is so yeah. rapidly changing but like I've had professors that like back in their prime cared about their craft and were consistent and updated with their craft and then got into teaching and kind of fell into the rhythm of like just passing on the knowledge I already know and haven't like actively pursued their craft since becoming a teacher so like I had teachers that were like passing on this like prehistoric knowledge almost and like treating it like it was like the end all be all and I'm like but that's not how it works anymore though. It's such a weird thing that can happen in a college (laughs) where you can go from student to teacher with zero fucking real world Mm -hmm. it's like no it should be a prerequisite we've talked about this I don't know if it was on here or just in our own personal conversation should be a, a prerequisite so like you can go teach at a high school immediately if you would like to go teach at a high school go for it teach them the fundamentals that's all you really know but if you're teaching at a college they should be like come back in 10 years and in 10 years you can teach <laughs> because even... you have lived it you know what the fuck you're talking about and now you can come back <laughs> and even beyond that I feel like it should be a requirement like if you have this like 
foundation that you've built and then you go on to be a teacher like to not be stagnant and just being the person teaching it like you should be like going to conferences or like events yeah. or whatever and staying updated and the school should cover that shit yeah. the school should be sending you off it's like where are you going I'm spending the weekend in Los Angeles cause there's some crazy goddamn thing going on you know like Stephen King is teaching a writing workshop and it's like okay send all of these guys, you know, like three or four of them, and you know, send it off. Or yeah. Like I had a couple of which Allie and Bowen and Faith are all like examples. I had professors that were still actively pursuing their craft. Like Faith has her own podcast. Um, Allie had like released a short film. I literally worked on a short film with Bowen after I graduated. So, and. Arroyo, you know, still does his own stuff. So like, yeah, he's got a couple of books, and I yeah. think he's got a new one coming. So go buy it again, Western <laughs> Avenue. So like, I mean, that should be encouraged. Like people that are still trying to grow and enrich, like the knowledge that they have available to them. Because yeah, I had a couple of professors that like, a, you could tell had never actually worked in their field and were trying to teach me things that I already knew. Because I was like, but I've gone and done that. Isn't that the weirdest thing? Because yeah. then there's like a power dynamic. I, I, you're not as aggressive no. as I am, <laughs> but I definitely getting out of the military. Like I'm not. I what I didn't walk into that thing like I'm 18 years old. Please teach me how to build a sentence. I walked into that thing like, hey yo, I just got out of the military and uh, then spent you know a year or so on the civilian side. You've also been writing for most of your life. I've been writing since I was like a preteen. So. <laughs> And they're like, you know what you need to do to be a great writer? And I was like, count me in, coach. That's the only reason I'm fucking here. And they're like, what you need to do is edit. And I was like, are you fucking <laughs> Oh, no. Like, you have to teach me how to... I've made money doing this already. <laughs> I remember getting to the point where, like, I was talking to a professor at the school who had gotten... Uh, their degree I'm not gonna yeah we're not yeah. gonna name names if we're gonna no names no gender <laughs> gotten their degree and was um, upset because I, I, I like scoffed to myself they were like well what you should do you know what I do is I set a limit of 250 words a day and I write my 250 words a day that's a low and 250 is great that's low it's very low but if you're very busy 250 500 if, it, if it's it's might just be a page it just do the page if you can only write for a minute a day write for a minute a day you'll find the space around it but she said 250 and like in a braggadocious i kill 250 at a point where i was writing 2500 yeah. words a day and going to school so i was like <laughs> like she was like they were out here just flinging their dick around. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, excuse me, person of undistinguishable gender. <laughs> I hate to tell you that I'm doing ten times the work you're doing. <laughs> and I don't need your fucking advice on this. That's a hundred times the work. 250. Two, no, 250. Yeah, you're, I was thinking 25 words. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no. I, I, I was writing. <laughs> I was like, I'm releasing novellas. I don't know what to tell you. I've, you know. 
cranking out all these goddamn stories. I bring something to the table. Assume that I've been doing this for a minute. <laughs> and so you know, you wind up treading a lot of water with people who, and of course, not everybody in that classroom is trying to do, you know, what I like to do. A lot of them were like political science majors with a writing minor and they're like, come up with 250 words a day. And that's like, I don't know if I could come up with 250 words. I'm only allowed 140 characters on Twitter. It's like, sit there for a fucking hour. Just. I just, I feel like, and that's maybe getting a little too into like, Politics or like economics. How the fuck are we walking no, the line of no, no, I'm just saying, like, I feel like. Granted, some you you majored and minored in writing, so you probably took writing classes that weren't hyper relevant to what you thought you would be studying because you'd like doubled down hardcore. So maybe some of the classes you I took. took Brit Lit 1 and 2, American yeah. Lit 1 and 2, the history, <laughs> the English <laughs> language, fucking journalism. To be fair, <laughs> yeah. to be fair, maybe some of the classes you took weren't necessarily on par with like classes you thought you would be taking, but like my... <laughs> you took a lot. <laughs> but like my experience was like I had some phenomenal, I had quite a few phenomenal teachers, but like there were some teachers that I was just like, I don't college is crazy expensive like I am blowing all kinds of money to be sitting in this classroom and you have never done the job that I'm trying to learn <laughs> like why is there not more regulation here like you should not be this teacher I had teachers teaching me like how to like they were supposed to be that was the point of the class teaching me like how to do shots and like how to light shots and like take oh, shots and shots stuff. Since I was sixteen. <laughs> camera, camera shots. <laughs> camera shots. But I'd literally like never done that never type been of work. On a film set. Well, maybe not necessarily never done like it personally, but yeah, never done it like on a professional level. Like I had teachers that had done like more like business office. Like I worked in the office and did the paperwork type work that were teaching me the literal hands on on set work, and I'm like. But I've done this before. Yeah, you could just show and you me haven't <laughs> what books you've been reading, and I can go learn a whole shitload on like, YouTube. Yeah, and that blew my mind. And then I had teachers that like hadn't actively been in the field or done any work of their own for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And, years. <laughs> and they're like, at this point, the technology isn't remotely the same. And yeah. I'm like, I don't understand. So like, I learned on an eight millimeter camera. This is Back in the day when film was still a thing. There we were. It was the 1930s. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, I don't understand how there's not more regulation on that. People that are, like, fresh out of school or people that are, like, so past school. They, like, don't even have any concept. They've forgotten the fundamentals, but they haven't been working. Like, like you're not doing either. Like, you're not picking up anything. College is not cheap. I don't want an idiot teaching me how to do this job. And there's enough writers and filmmakers to where, like, you could have a person with real credentials who needs a day job that fucking helps out their career. And, like, Arroyo, like, he's he's written books and he works at the school. Mm -hmm. But he's not always worked at the school. I think the dude was, like, in the fucking Marine Corps. (laughs) 
went off. I, I, I don't quote me on the Marine thing because I'm I, I'm very suspicious because I was once told that by the guy who signed me up for that class, and I think that's what happened. And he has a Marine demeanor, <laughs> but he's trying to work on his temper, so I would get why he wouldn't want you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like the. You wind up with people and they're like, well, I've never written a book. And it's like, it's a little weird that you would be teaching literally any writing class if you've not released or published any essays or, you know, you're not actively running a website. If you're just over here trying to teach me and you haven't done anything, then who the fuck are you? Because <laughs> I've also not done anything. It just sounds like, you know, like when you're a freshman in high school and the senior walks over, like they're the big dick, you know, it's like you also not left this fucking place. Like, I don't know <laughs> who the fuck you think you are. Neither one of us could buy cigarettes. Like, <laughs> it makes me sad on an artistic level, though, because, like, I feel like trades in general are important like people that like yeah but you wouldn't like get a carpenter to work in a trade school who'd never worked on building a house no or somebody who'd never cut a board in their free time is not teaching the goddamn trade school but but what i'm saying is like i feel like trades like that like carpentry and stuff like that are taken more seriously because it's a very physical labor so for whatever reason in you america can't lose your hand writing outside of <laughs> right, it's so. but like in america like stuff like that's taken a little more seriously so I, I feel like there's a little more effort put in there and like i feel like with artistic endeavors it's not really that much different like maybe i'm not a doctor but there's a lot of knowledge that goes behind the skill set that I have or behind the skill set that you have and like uh, there's things that we can do that a doctor would never be able to wrap their head around but I'm not claiming to be able to go out there and perform fucking knee surgery <laughs> or heart surgery or brain surgery but, the, but everybody goes I've got a book in me and it's like oh you just assume you know what the fuck you're doing <laughs> yeah and, and sit sudden, down and start typing and congratulations welcome to the world I uh, <laughs> used to know how to play three songs on a guitar I guess I'm Eddie fucking Vedder <laughs> but like on a collegiate level like even though there's still a lot of skill that goes behind the work either of us do like I feel maybe that was just my experience I don't know if you felt the same way that it's not necessarily taken as seriously because it's not like a manual labor or whatever so like I had teachers that I'm just like there's no reason for you to be my teacher like I I could be teaching this class and it's the equivalent of you teaching this class so like there there seems to be like less it's not taken as sincerely but then there was a school in Nashville which I think has since been closed down um that was like an art school for like photography students and stuff like that and like very serious like very hands-on from day one you're taking, like, the classes that are required to, like, get the photography degree, like, mixed in with your gen ed classes or whatever, but I don't know, it may or may not have been considered an accredited college, but, like, it's since been, I'm pretty sure, closed down, and it's, like, it was hands-on and exactly what those type of students needed and not taken seriously enough to have been a thriving college, and I'm like, I don't... No, in Nashville, music is taken seriously. Yeah, that's true. Country music. was taken seriously until Atlanta shot itself in the motherfucking (laughs) foot with that abortion ban. Way to go, Georgia. (laughs) Yeah. It makes me sad, though. Like, I'm not not trying to get, like, hyper 
ranty or whatever, but it makes me sad that like artistic endeavors for whatever, even though it's more or less always been that way. That's but where we the can idea of the starving artist comes from. Every person literally ever in existence consumes art of some form, whether it's the paintings on your Especially wall now. or the movies you watch or the books you read or, or whatever. The news you watch. Yeah. Because even now the facts have become artistic endeavors. That's, yeah, that's true. But none of it is taken like seriously enough to the point that it's like, oh, like let's like study and like try to perfect our crafts or whatever. It's just it's frustrating. Keep talking, and I am gonna pull a quote from that book because I just remembered the quote from the <laughs> thing where he's talking about writers in uncertain times, and that mm. might be where we make our out. And this is in the the Hunter book. What who? What's it called? Freak Kingdom? I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll figure it out. I, but yeah, like that's... I, I watch this all the time. <laughs> I'm trying to see how long we've been going for a minute. That's forever frustrating to me, though, that like it's not... That That is a weirdly common sentiment that anyone can sit down and start writing and be a writer like all you need, like in this modern age of better technologies to pick up a camera and you can be a filmmaker and it's like no there's it's an actual craft you have to study and you have to learn and like constantly be improving and it's not taken seriously i feel like by oh, it's very rarely taken seriously yeah. because it can be so easily done people are like well i killed it so we're good we're at 56 i <laughs> thought we were at like 115 we gotta start coming down um yeah, no, that, that's that's the issue. Is because you can put out a Twitter video that takes absolutely no response. You can take a picture of yourself in a bikini and it fucking captivates no. an audience. Like, to this extent, okay, I am a member of the, like, Adobe Creative Cloud. Like, I use um, Adobe Premiere to edit my videos and stuff like that. And um, I have a subscription to their entire, uh, like, software set that they own. And that was, like, a recent program that they came out with. It's called, like, Adobe Rush, I think. And it's specifically for people that, like, edit cell phone-type videos. So it's, like, that, um, not Horizon, but, you know, like, portrait-type. Yeah. yeah. Um, portrait-type videos. And it's just, like, a program where you can edit, like, specifically, like, oh, I'm putting out Instagram videos <laughs> or whatever. And I'm just, like, for fuck's sake, yeah. dude. Here's me drinking mimosa <laughs> on the beach. Isn't this captivating? <sighs> Please fill the void. But we're doing the same thing. We're talking into a mic. But this takes a lot more time and effort than a fucking Instagram video. So <laughs> fuck those people. Um... Can I do this quote? Oh, and we'll this is see. from Freak Kingdom? Yeah, right? just so we're avoiding like any sort of plagiarism and mm. shit. This is a, a quote from Freak Kingdom, Hunter S. Thompson's manic 10-year crusade against American fascism by Timothy Denevi. And it's on page 15 slash 16, if anybody's fucking curious. <laughs> In the hardcover edition, Believe first edition let me double check <laughs> i don't think you have to be that specific no no, no i'm gonna it, it, it was uh, released by public affairs new york which for is brett. good it is for brett that is the dedication <laughs> first edition october 2018 so here we go <clears throat> okay. 
So basically, in this part of the book, Thompson is sent by the National Observer to a couple of different states to cover stories. And one of the stories that he has to cover is in uh, Ketchum, Idaho, where uh, Hemingway has killed himself three years prior. And I'll just kind of go from there. <laughs> Ernest Hemingway had killed himself in Ketchum, Idaho three years earlier, Thompson arrived there with the ostensible goal of answering the questions posed in the headline, but his eventual article touched on a broader theme, one that had been haunting him ever since Kennedy's assassination. Like many another writer, Thompson wrote, Hemingway did his best work when he felt he was standing on something solid, like an Idaho mountainside, a sense of conviction. But what happens when the premise on which these convictions are based <clears throat> changes too rapidly and unpredictably? How do writers whose perspectives have been forged by their experiences within a certain time and place adjust to a new reality to, quote, the mean nature of a world that will not stand still long enough for them to see it clear as a whole? In other words, how do you stay relevant when the moment in history you're tasked with rendering is defined by a lack of clarity? Quote, it's not just a writer's crisis, Thompson concluded, but they are the most obvious victims because the function of art is supposedly to bring order out of chaos, a tall order, even when chaos is static and a superhuman task in a time when chaos is multiplied. So go buy that book and go buy Arroyo's book and go buy my book, The Madman Diaries, which can be found on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I might get drunk and do an audio book. I was going to say you should release an audio book because, dear audience, that's a sneak peek at why I find Brett's voice comforting. Did I do a good job on the read? I know I, I, liked it a lot. I, I stumbled through the But I think that, that that sums it up. It's it, it, who are they to teach us, but who are we to do our goddamn job at a hmm. time where nobody knows what the fuck is happening tomorrow and none of us know what the fuck to talk about. And I'm sorry that we got too drunk today, but so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so drunk. <laughs> this one was a little I sloppy, hope, but I mistakes hope we were made. Mistakes were motherfucking made. <laughs> All right, where can you find us on Twitter? Uh, that would be at NightmareBoxPro. What about Instagram? At NightmareBoxProductions. And Facebook. Facebook.com slash NightmareBoxProductions. And, and what would you call that website? Ooh, that would be the nightmarebox.blog. Is it the nightmarebox.blog? Nightmare just nightmarebox. No, it is the nightmarebox.blog. And uh, we are also on Spotify as of this Hells week. Yeah. And where can you find us on Spotify? If you look up <laughs> mistakes are made under the podcast section, you'll find us. I don't know we'll what the be URL over is. There somewhere we got a whole new cool thing that's <laughs> going on that uh we're crushing the numbers yep. game. Uh, we are crushing. We, we're breaking 400. We're fucking killing it. Um, 
We're basically at a thousand at this rate, guys. Please comment, rate, review. Let us know what you want to hear. And if you want to work with us, please email us yeah. at nightmareboxproductions at gmail.com. We want your stories. We want your pictures. We want random things to talk about. If you're curious as, you know, like how either one of us feels about a certain topic or you've got a movie that you want us to review for a two-star Tuesday that fits the criteria. Or you've just got an awesome movie like when Faith gave us Heathers. Like, mm -hmm. fucking let us know. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm hyper-interested in having a relationship with you fucking people. So... <laughs> Be Please. my friend. Be my fucking friend. <laughs> All right? I love you. And I love you. I love you. And I'll talk to you guys next week.